What's up? It's your pal One Chickens Thoughticus, and this is The Bar Is Low. Every episode, we take a look at a fanfiction or a series of fanfictions, and these can be either good, bad, or in between, but mostly, they're bad. So, after a really dark episode, or after a lot of really dark episodes in a row, I like to treat you to something that I actually enjoy. So, we're going to be talking about some wholesome content today, which is really refreshing after doing all that Pokephilia stuff and the Omegaverse one about Iroh and Zuko. Today, we're talking about wholesome things. No weird porn in this one. There is no sexual content in this episode, although there will be like references to sex. I'm doing an author review today, as you can see. This person is now an archive of our own as Indigo Rose 50, but I'll be focusing more on what they have on their fanfic.net profile because we tend to talk more about Avatar here, and their AO3 is mostly Lazy Town. So if you like Lazy Town, and from what you hear today, you like this person's style, definitely check out their AO3. There's a lot of content there. Their fanfiction.net stuff is all pretty old, so this probably won't be the most accurate review of what this person's writing is like today, but from just skimming, it looks like their AO3 stuff is similar enough. Also, I'm very happy that I finally get to talk about my rare pair without the context being really shitty, and you also get to learn why I ship such a weird and questionable pairing if you don't know already, and you can blame this author for making me ship it, so it's not my fault. Today we're also starting off with some Avatar, we're gonna take a break to do some Harry Potter, and then for the last two fix, we'll switch back, and I'm saving my favorite for last, cause, like I said, I finally get to talk about my, my fucking rare pair here. So let's start off with something very pure. Can you get any more wholesome than Katara and Aang baking cookies together? Like, are we feeling cleansed yet a little bit? Cause I am. Like, they make a huge mess in the kitchen, and Aang is like, yeah, that was fun! And she's just like, my baby, clean up. And he's like, where do I even start? And then she, like, just wipes some chocolate off his face, because he's a messy boy, and gives him a little nose kiss. Nose kisses are good stuff. So that was good and pure. This is dissolving terrible memories I have of past episodes. Good stuff. So this next one is ridiculous, kind of in a good way. It creeps me out a little bit, even though there's no pairing. You can think of this more as a familiar relationship sort of thing, so it's less weird, but it's also pretty funny, so I'm gonna talk about it. It starts off with Tylee in the circus, and she's just like sitting down one night. She's like, I miss my mysterious friend from home. I love the daytime because I get to see rainbows, but I also like the nighttime because I get to see my friend. So her friend is a guy, in spite of the name of this fake girlfriends, but they do girlfriend stuff together like painting their nails braiding their hair and putting on makeup i have an immense need to see this character in drag just saying and then she realizes like oh damn i miss him but it's our two-year anniversary of friendship today so i should write to him and like she painted her nails paint to celebrate so meanwhile the fire palace uh, servant delivers a letter and now the recipient has been in a very bad mood lately and it's implied it's because his friend is away but his eyes soften once he recognizes the handwriting Hailey has asked him in a letter if he painted his nails for their friendship anniversary and fucking Ozai, fucking, fucking Ozai. He looks down, he's like, yeah, bitch, my nails are pink. So, of course, this author is like, yeah, that's out of character, but it just kind of happened. That's how writing is sometimes. Things just kind of happen. I like to think of this as, like, a father-daughter sort of relationship, because any other way is weird. I can imagine him just being like, both my kids suck, but Tylee, I like you, you're fucking cool. Do you want me to do your hair, girl? This is the type of content I'm here for. This next one, Aang is like so in character here that it's ridiculous given the situation. This is another Ozley one because 
who knew that something involving him could be pure. Also, this person just does happen to have a disproportionate amount of Ozai stuff, so it's not just me being weird. So he's just chilling in prison like, my life is shit. It's been a few weeks since I got my ass kicked, but at least some of the guards are still afraid of me. That's really all I have. So Aang visits him, and as you might imagine, he's very bitter, and he's like, Why are you here, Avatar? It's because he's like, We should go get to know each other! We don't have to hate each other, let's hang out! I'll teach you origami, you can make phoenix, it'll be fucking cool! And is like, I said no, and like, I can't believe I got defeated by Sunshine Boy over here, what the fuck is wrong with me? And then Aang's like, let's make a paper friend, and he's like, I have no use for friends, and I don't want to start now. But then they actually do origami together and he's just like i mean it gets boring in the cell i mean it, it would be pretty cool to make a, a phoenix so he just begrudgingly agrees he's very bad at it and very impatient so he yells accursed paper and then accuses ang like you you merely sought to further humiliate me and i just love these two lines because they're somehow very in character i love it ang is very patient because he's a good boy so then we just jump to Sokka's perspective he has a little conversation with the guard and then comes into the check on ang and he's like oh my god what are you doing in that cell with him and like ang is so utterly fuckless and was like all hyped up that he did the origami right and he's like showing it off like a little kid like look i made a phoenix it's awesome and then it's like Sokka's so freaked out and when they start talking about naming it he just runs away with his hands over his ears this one is like pretty in character too which is weird but like cool because Aang would totally do that this is refreshing shit so let's uh shift gears to harry potter briefly uh we'll get back to avatar to finish off the review but i'm covering a trilogy of Voldemort related humorous one shots so the first one here is just fuckless Voldemort that's what I'm talking about just give me all the villains casually chilling with the heroes like in the last one he and Harry are just having a staring contest in the middle of the Gryffindor common room because not all battles must be fought with wands. Hermione comes in and she freaks out, but like not as much as you'd think she would. She just lets Harry and Voldemort do their thing and like even refs when Voldemort suggests. She refers to him as you know who, even though he's like standing right there and Voldemort's just like are you really gonna call me that? I'm right here. So she apologizes and he's like, sorry, who? Sorry, Voldemort! And then Voldemort is just calling her a mudblood casually, and Harry's just not giving a fuck. He's just trying to win, and then Ron interrupts next, and Voldemort is like, Bitch, give me a fucking break. Next time, I'm choosing where we have our stare down. I am leaving now, and Harry's like, Yeah, I won, because he forfeited. And then it ends with Neville, who apparently showed up before this fic started. He's just fruitlessly trying to convince McGonagall that Voldemort was just chilling in the Gryffindor common room, but she's like, You're insane, Neville. So I just really love casual villains being casual. This next one is a sixth year AU. It's focused around Draco's mysterious plan. In this kind of AU, his plan is to make a polyjuice potion so that Voldemort can infiltrate Hogwarts as Dumbledore, which our main trio catches on to. Hermione is not the prankster type, and this is pretty out of character for her to break the rules, at least not without anyone encouraging her to do so. But here, instead of taking the opportunity to probably kill or incapacitate Voldemort, which would have been a good idea, but all she does uh, is pretty harmless. So while in potion she makes a fog potion to disguise her actions so they don't know what she did to draco's potion while the room was all foggy nor will she tell ron and her harry till much later so we jump to Voldemort preparing to transform he thinks he's gonna be dumbledore but suspense 
Hermione put one of her own hairs in there, and Voldemort is just freaking out that he's mudblood. I love, like, how that's specifically what bothers him most. Not just that his plan failed or that he's a teenage girl. He's just like, I'm a mudblood. Why is this happening? Oh, no. Then we finish with a short exchange where Fred and George just wish that Hermione would have told them that she was pranking fucking Voldemort so they could have, like, put some other stuff in there. It does kind of call attention to how out of character this is for Hermione, but hey, we're doing this episode today to have a good time and not nitpick. So this is the last of the Voldemort trilogy here. It's really short, I so I just thought I'd read the whole thing. Voldemort approached the crib where baby Harry sat. The little Potter giggled as Voldemort pointed his wand at the boy. Harry Potter, you will never defeat me, Voldemort said with a humorless smirk. He would kill this child, and no prophecy could convince him otherwise. He would always and forever be the Dark Lord Voldemort, TM. With that happy thought, Voldemort prepared to say the killing curse, his wand fixed on Harry's small face. When suddenly... The baby grabbed his wand. Voldemort's smirk dropped at once. Let go, Potter, he yelled, but Harry only laughed at him. Pay? Harry asked. Pay? Voldemort thought. Pay? Play? Is that what he means? I am not here to play, Potter. I am here to destroy. Voldemort was interrupted by Harry attempting to pull his wand from his hand. No, that's my wand. The Dark Lord wrenched it away from Harry. Harry merely giggled again and stood in his crib to grab the U wand once more. Voldemort hissed in annoyance. Bad Potter, release my wand, he ordered. When the boy only smiled. Voldemort cried, MINE! and tried to pull his wand away again. This time, however, Harry kept a firm grip on it and snap Voldemort's wand snapped in two. I love how Voldemort is just like just as infantile as Harry is here. He's just like, that's mine, mine, mine! And Voldemort, you pussy, there are non-magical ways to kill a baby too. These last two, now we're going to switch back to Avatar again. Um, this is the only fic I'm doing that I consider serious, not being humor or fluff. Uh, it is weird yet interesting pairing of Azula and Zhao. This fic definitely isn't glorifying pedophilia or anything. In fact, Azula actually has the upper hand the whole time, and the pairing clearly isn't supposed to work out in the end, or really at all, so I'm okay with it, because it works from an artistic standpoint, where they're trying to display the characters and their relationships to one another, instead of trying to sell you on this pairing or anything, so I think that's fine. So the premise here is that Azula wants to destroy the moon. Like, everything pertaining to the moon in this show sounds like such a shitpost. Like, my first girlfriend turned into moon? You can't tell me that's not a shitpost, but it, they play it off like it isn't. So Azula is like a comet. She wants the moon, a symbol of her weakness and all the firebenders' weaknesses, to be gone so that the sun and the comets can rule the skies. So she's like, hmm, who can destroy the moon for me? Ah, yes, Zhao could do that. So she goes to fuck him. She's 13, mind you, and he just does it. Ew, creepy. And he just accepts the sex from her, even though he knows that she's going to ask a favor him afterwards, but he doesn't know what it's going to be. What a fool! There's no actual sexual content in here. It's all implied. She then tells him what she wants, and he's like, Azula, I can't destroy the moon. That's like not possible and she's like well i'll just tell my dad you took advantage of me i mean i am a minor after all i can't technically consent and he's like you know what never mind i'll, I'll do it I'll, I'll fucking bring you the moon so two years later wow it took a long time for him to even try to do this so temporarily destroys the moon as in canon ozula's just on her battleship after the siege in the north and he just floats up to her on a slab of wood and he's dying he's like i tried my best and she's like 
it wasn't enough. And she kills him because she may be hot on the outside and with her powers and all that shit. But on the inside, she a cold-ass bitch, just like a comet. Interesting little one-shot, I think. Normally, I'd be super squeamish about a pairing like this, but it wasn't supposed to be romantic or sexual. It was a little being manipulative and shit, and I kind of like the metaphorical stuff with the moons and the comets. So, the last one here, I have such a ridiculous soft spot for this fic. It is so gay. Oh my god, it's so gay. I just can't handle it. This is my rare pair here. I finally get to talk about wholesome Hokoda Ozai fic. The other two times I have talked about them on this show, the first time was just a fic about Hokoda getting raped, which is bad, though I really need to say that. The other time, it wasn't even a pairing, it was the part of the What Were You Thinking series where Hokoda punches Ozai in the face, which, given the horrible context, was extremely satisfying for me. If you're wondering what that horrible context is, you need not look any further than the pairing that stars in that series. But today, we're here to talk about wholesome things, not the What Were You Thinking series. I want to read about these two being friends with each other, perhaps even lovers. My mind says, Hakoda deserves better. You shouldn't ship Ozai with anyone, because he's a piece of shit. But my heart says gay dads. So we start off with Hakoda just peacefully taking a walk through Bossing Say, and it's snowing out, so he's like, this is nice, and it reminds me of home. But Ozai's also there, and he's just bitching about it. He's like, well, how do you peasants stand this? Hokoda told him he was going to take a walk and Ozai wanted to go with him. That's fucking gay. The reason he's not in jail is because Zuko's trying to rehabilitate him, so he's been in Iroh's tea shop. He's really bitter that Iroh's happy and shit or something. Or maybe he's just a little bit gay, so he goes out and braves the cold, woefully underdressed, instead of staying in the shop. But he is wearing a scarf, which is gay. You can't convince me otherwise. So Hokoda's just listening to him bitch and wine and he's like yeah he's still a douche but i mean he just lost everything so it figures it was just like well in the fire nation we have no use for peasant clothing like coats firebenders can keep ourselves warm and hakoda's like well you're not a firebender anymore and he's just like i know and then he's just okay you brought it up not me though so all this results in Hokoda giving him his coat to wear because he's cold. You know damn well that's a romance trope. The gauge just shot up from like 20 to 100. You cannot convince me otherwise. That is fucking gay. So Osley's just like, okay, that happened. Wait, what? Wait a minute. And just, here's a quote. He didn't want to thank this peasant, but he knew he had to respond in some way. The only thing he could think of was, will you be okay? fucking gay. Hakoda's very amused by this, but also touched. He's like, oh my god, that was empathy? Oh my god, that was like probably the first time you've shown empathy in your life, and it was your first instinct. I'm very touched by this. And then, oh my god, as they walk back to the shop, he winked at Ozai and then put a hand on his shoulder. That's I just can't handle how gay this is, oh my god. And then, as if it could not get any more gay, Hakoda says, we could share the coat if you want. That way we could both be warm. I did not think this could get any gay without them kissing or something, but it did. It fucking did. This is like the second to last line, too. You can't convince me that gay things did not occur after this. Like, they definitely at least awkwardly held hands at some point later in the day. Like, I just imagined him being like, I'm cold again to get Hakoda to, like, cuddle with him. This is the good content right here. This is the good fucking content. Hakoda's, like, clearly into him, even though he's an ass, but maybe he just wants to see what will happen if someone shows him kindness. Or maybe he just wants to get in his pants. Who knows? But there's definitely something there. It was, it was like, 
also definitely into him, but he hasn't or he's unwilling to admit it to himself. Either way, I like them as friends, weird homoerotic overtones and sexual tension or not, or as a pairing too. This fucking cleared my acne, purged me of sin, brought my cat back from the dead, give me the wholesome gay dads, I need that fucking content. So there you go, this fic is the reason I have such a fucking weird, questionable, rare pair, probably OTP, to be honest. I probably would have been back to writing original content much earlier if it wasn't for this goddamn pairing, because I apparently have to be the only content provider for now. Aside from this fic, the only two that I know of that list them as a pairing are rape. One of them is kind of dubious. You can tell it's not meant to be written as porn, but the other one is pretty tasteless, and I've covered it in my Forbidden for a Reason episode. There are a few others that are about them too, but they're not focused on them usually. I know there's one or two that are about friendship, though. Um, as for the ones I've written on a... Uh, I have a full-length fic that pairs them, actually. It's 18 chapters, about 100,000 words. There is a lot more going in, on in that fic than just this pairing, and when I say that I mean it, I don't really know how to describe what I did, but it is not really a normal fic. It's like a parody of writing tropes and also a mega crossover, and it's just totally ridiculous. You really have to read it to understand what it is. Then I just have like a really angsty one-shot. I want to write more about this pairing, but I also don't like doing serious fic. Only crack. And I do want to get back to writing original content. So if anyone else would like to take up the Hakozai torch, that would be great. And remember, kids, rape is bad. Don't write about rape. And don't rape people, either. Don't rate people. That's important. So that includes our author review of Zutara Kid 50. I only covered a fraction of her content. There's still much more new stuff on AO3 and some longer fix that she has too that I didn't do because I had a specific set of stuff that I wanted to get to today. So yeah, this was a review of Zutara Kid 50. That's her name on fanfic.net. And then she goes by Indigo Rose on AO3. So... Today we talked about, I think they were chocolate chip cookies, girlfriends, the art of friendship, friendship with the I and the R reversed. Then we talked about Ravenclaw's diadem, Hufflepuff's cup, the boy, Zhao's comet, and warming up to snow, my favorite. It's so gay. Oh my god. So yeah, I'm your pal Wenchikistoticus. This is The Bar is Low. We're on Instagram. Follow us so you know what's coming up next. Our profile is The Bar is Low with an underscore in between each word. I'm Wenchikistoticus. Thank you for joining me and that is all for today.